This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ben Albert, and we are going to be talking about how he helps organizations with Balbert Marketing and also several podcasts we're going to chop up about. Before we begin, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a podcaster or YouTuber and you want to create more tactical content that delivers, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you further your voice and your message through booking you on podcasts. Again, that's nightly.productions. Ben, welcome to the show, my friend. Dude, I'm excited to be here. I'm pumped, man. Man, I am super excited about this. You have a great background attached to things. And I want to give the audience just a little bit of background on you and and a little bit of your bio where in COVID, you kind of hit it rough like a lot of folks, got furloughed from work, found yourself down and out, staring at an empty handle of Jim Bean whiskey. Could have done a little bit better than Jim Beam, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Weekend. Hey, man. You were unemployed, depressed, felt unworthy, and then you started really reaching out to a lot of folks through LinkedIn. It's how we met, how we connected, and it spearheaded your entrepreneurial journey. At this point, you host five podcasts, a network of five podcasts called Real Business Connections, and you also run a marketing firm, Balbert Marketing, and has replaced your sales executive income in just over a year through entrepreneurship, which is freaking huge. Congrats on that, my friend. Thank you. And at the end of the day, man, it lights you up to help people find their way. You love to help business people find the essence of who they are and empower them and their companies to make their mark in this world. None of us deserve to feel small, unworthy, or invisible like you found yourself feeling. So I know this mission for you is a really big one. It's a big endeavor. It's obviously very personal, man. I want to chop it up and talk about that journey that you've had. Before we get started on it, and before we dive into the business content, man, what's a fun fact we might not know about you? Sure, man. I am a music addict. I am a music man through and through. I'll give you a really short, funny story, but I was born and raised Jewish But I'm at a gospel concert and everyone's singing, you know, what's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. You better believe I was singing. I was dancing. I was clapping my hands because the power of music, the power of connection, the power of being together, singing and dancing together, man. It's infectious. So music kid through and through. Yeah, I love that, man. I have a business partner in one of my endeavors, a dance competition. Mm. He's that same way, man. It doesn't matter what the music is. Like he will find some sort of rhythm to go along with it. And it really, I mean, you look at what you've done now and what you've moved into that creative flow is something that in the marketing world and the creative world, you obviously have to have. And before we dive into everything with Valbert Marketing, let's go back a little bit ways. We obviously, in your bio, we talked about how you kind of hit it hard during COVID. Tell us what were you working on in the corporate world and how did all of that come to a halt during COVID? Yeah, I want to talk about, I'm going to breeze through an entire life story, but I think it's important to start at childhood because 
what I experienced then has allowed me to really gain alignment in what I want to accomplish and why I am here today. And when I was younger, dude, sports addict, basketball fiend, jersey for every single day of the week. You couldn't get me to take it off. Vince Carter, Michael Jordan. And I thought that I would be the next Vince Carter, dunking it under the legs, winning, you know, slam dunk competition. So loved basketball everyone hits a growth spurt, right? So everyone shoots to the stars. I stay the exact same height. So I'm the shortest kid in school, the shortest boy, the second shortest kid behind a little Asian girl named Olivia Lee. So what do you think happened? I got beat up. I got bullied. I got outworked. I got made fun of. And I became very shy and very reclusive. I genuinely felt small. And you know what I did, Zach? I made myself smaller and I wasn't loud. I wasn't boisterous. And the fact I'm on this podcast with you today, the fact I get to share this with you just amazes me that I've got in here and the rest, man, we'll talk about it. But dude, you and I, we're going to crush it. I'm crushing it. I never knew this was possible, but we kind of teased it with the music thing. In high school is when I first found music. And I was a weird kid. I was a quiet kid. I was a creative kid. But when I found those tribe of musicians that were like-minded, we are all creative type. We are all weirdos. We smoked a little bit of pot, to be honest. And we played music. Where I started to found my voice was being an advocate, being a promoter, kind of doing the street team work, handing out flyers. I loved elevating other people and injecting steroids in what they did. So at the time, I still struggled to talk about myself, but I had a passion for finding a good thing and just injecting steroids and amplifying it and just like as much energy into that as possible. Led me to where I am today. I mean, we can go over it. I'm in a corporate world, selling marketing. Hadn't quite really realized that I was falling into my purpose. I just chose a sales job because I knew it would make me a lot of money and I was doing just that. But what I've realized in turn is that it was exactly where I was supposed to go. And that quiet kid was the man I was supposed to be because today it's really important that I can allow people to find their tribe similar to where I found my tribe in the music industry. I help businesses find the right client, the right employee. I help people find the right employer, the right partner. And it's amazing that as a marketing firm, I get to promote the little guy. I get to promote the underdog because I don't want anyone to feel small. So I love that I get to share this moment with you. I love that I get to advocate for the little guy. I still feel small sometimes. I'm only human. But with work, with tactical resilience, man, we can do anything. And I'm proud of that. And I absolutely love that. And we mentioned, obviously, the music side of stuff. And it's so so interesting. I never consider myself a creative person, right? I always define creativity as like people that can play musician or play music themselves, musicians, artists, that type of creativity. And I found over the years that there's so many different ways of creativity. Entrepreneurship is itself is a creative endeavor, right? You have to be very creative in what you're creating. Has that world and that background translated into what you're doing in entrepreneurship? You maintain that alignment of passions as you've built the businesses. You know, what's amazing is I think I'm a little creative that like I have a lot of nice thoughts. I don't see myself as a creative guy, Zach. I'm tactical. I'm procedural. I'm all about habits. I'm all about rituals. I played drums. I was not the best drummer. I play guitar. I'm not the best guitar player. 
I was never the best musician, but since I loved promoting and I understood the business and the marketing mindset, I was able to help those musicians get found. So I don't consider myself a creative person at the core. I do actually consider myself a tactical person, but working with a lot of creative people that struggle to promote themselves, that struggle to understand the business, I was able to learn the best of both worlds, the creative, let's do something we're passionate about, but let's actually implement procedures that'll allow that passion to reach the largest audience possible and help as many people as we can. I mean, it's a huge endeavor, right? I mean, it's something that obviously in COVID, so many people, and I mean, you saw it, we had so many people that took that downward spiral. I personally, instead of Jim Beam, I'm, I'm a, a Woodford bourbon guy, right? So I, I love maybe it. a little bit better, but not much better. A lot better, of it right? better. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it turned into that, right? It turned into, you know, a lot of people started drinking more. There was a lot more of that depression, a lot more of that aspect of losing their identity as a whole. That's something I've talked about a lot in my transition out of the military is like you identify with that role and you start, if you lose it in something like COVID where nobody had control over that, nobody could have predicted that, right? When you start shifting out of that, a big part of my journey was that stepping into the limelight, that personal branding piece of things and really having the confidence to like put yourself out there. I know that's a big piece that you talk about. Can you tell us your concept of that, how you put yourself forward and how you help other people do that? Yeah. So a lot of it's a limited belief that I don't actually like talking about myself all that much. So the way I brand myself, the way I market myself is through collaboration. I think it's an old adage, your network is your net worth. I think it's true to a sense. I don't think it's that simple. I do think that if you surround yourself with incredible people, you level up. And I am often the dumbest person in the room, which through osmosis, I get better by surrounding myself by kick-ass people. So I don't talk about myself that much. I don't market myself that much. I don't market my personal brand that much. I am a collaborator and I like creating awesome content with like-minded people, edifying them. I will do anything for free if I know that it'll add value to the world and add value to my brand. So I'll give you a really simple example. Do you know Nick Sananasaso by chance? Yeah. Paraplegic, possibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, your legs were amputated at least. Born, Born with it. Yeah. Yeah. No legs. No arm, just one arm, touring with Tony Robbins, started Tony Robbins at like age of 24. The amount of resilience in this young man is just unbelievable. And he's a top level, next level speaker. He hasn't been on my show yet, but I hope he does. And I really hope you can get him on your show. But his time is tremendously valuable. So when he came to the table in the Growth Now community that I'm a part of, what I did is I vigorously took notes. And me and my team created 15 unique custom graphics completely around that speech he gave our community that day. So the entire community got 15 graphics from Nick straight from the workshop they're a part of. Nick's team got it. And Justin Shank, the owner of the community, got these graphics as well. So I provided a bunch of free value, but in doing so, I got to collaborate with the man, Nixon and Astasso. So yes, Ben doesn't like talking about himself, but if he can elevate other people, he becomes cool by association. And honestly, man, I'm not that cool. I'm just an ordinary dude. But if I surround myself with people like you, 
people like Nick, dude, the things we can accomplish is incredible. Yeah. And it's really amazing to see how true that is, especially in the dichotomy away from my background, police and military, they're so funneled into themselves. If you go outside of that world, like you're an outcast at that point, right? And there are a lot of people going through your list of all the podcasts and looking at all the people you've had. You've had Brian Bogert, obviously a really good friend of mine. You also had like Hala Taha on Young and Profiting Podcast. You've had some amazing people on the show already. Is there one lesson in particular? You don't even have to name who it came from. Is there one lesson in particular in all these conversations that really stands out to you that you're like, man, that right there is the golden nugget so far? Dude, oh my God, I could give you 15 and we're just getting started with guests. There's some amazing guests in the pipeline still yet to be released. We'll go with Hala Taha because you mentioned her and I know she's been on your show. She had mentioned that even when she was really small, it wasn't as hard as someone would have thought to bring in guests that were kind of a stretch. She was bringing guests that were kind of a stretch and they were willing to put their chips on her with the possibility that, you know, 50 people might listen to it and, you know, that's good enough for me. And the fact that she was reaching and people gave her a shot gave me a lot of hope that I as well can reach. And if I provide massive value to that guest and to the audience, that guest will Dude, some of these people do $5,000 consultation calls, $50,000 keynotes, and they come on little old me's podcast. But what that taught me with big leagues kind of putting their chips on me, taking a shot on me, is I started to realize, now imagine this, Zach, you get the keynote speech. You've got a keynote for 45 minutes in front of a thousand people that are engaged and in your target market. Wouldn't you love that opportunity? And would you even consider doing it for free? Is that not what we do on a podcast? Even if you only have 50 listeners and the average retention on a podcast is 80%. So you've got 50 listeners, 35 to 40 of them are completely engaged the entire time. Is that worth an hour? And I started to realize that even if my listens weren't where I wanted it to be, even if I was in the top 3%, but not the top one, I still had value to bring. And Hala kind of gave me permission to realize that I still had value to bring. And yeah, God bless her for that. Yeah, she's an incredible woman. I had her on, man, it's been a good little while back, but listening to her story, I mean, talk about underdog stories, right? And listening to how people claw their way out of anonymity or Jim Beam bottle. Like it's really inspiring to hear that aspect of how people have started building things and and really growing because a lot of people just gave up in that point, right? And they really pushed into maintaining that and like getting in their fields and staying in their fields, right? And then not wanting to push forward and put themselves out there. And I want to turn this toward a little bit about Balbert marketing. Overall, your focus on empowering businesses to nourish and grow their reputations as a whole. You do all sorts of marketing consulting, digital services, print advertising for growing businesses. Is this something that you do in alignment with Real Business Connections and all the podcasts? And can you kind of explain how the enterprises work? Yeah. So Real Business Connections is not something that I currently monetize. I currently don't run ads, even though I could. Real Business Connections for me does, it's a cost center before it is a profit center. It's a marketing tool. I get to meet incredible people. I get to do what Hollis said and reach out and meet people that I honestly, yeah, one day I idolize and now they're my friends and I continue to level up through the podcast. I get to learn and I do have a local segment 
called Rochester Business Connections, where I have a unique opportunity where I get to highlight my hometown city. And I do gain a lot of local clients through that local networking. So I monetize the podcast through Balbert Marketing. And that's where we help, you know, medium sized businesses save time and make money. So Balbert Marketing is basically how Ben Albert makes his money, but Real Business Connections Network lends me opportunities to meet great people like you. Yeah, it's a great way to kind of blend everything in where it really aligns the efforts as a whole, right? And it's really fascinating how people have kind of figured out this podcasting world and started bringing value to people in a different capacity. And I know we talked about it a little bit before we went on the air, but you also have an aspect of that that's the one-man marketing army and being an army guy myself that obviously caught my eye. Can you explain to us a little bit of what you'll do is like entire marketing department, essentially? Yeah. So I feel like leaders and good marketers are good listeners and they're adaptable and they're resourceful. So I don't just jump in and say, hey, I'm Ben, I'm a big shot. I'm here to change everything. It's all about sitting down with a business, learning exactly what their goals are, learning where the pain points are and seeing if I am the perfect fit. And if not, I've got a network of people that can help them as well. So I am the one man marketing army that I go in, I learn about the business, I become one with their culture, and then I can come in and offer marketing with them and for them so they don't have to hire you know, a CMO for 100K a year for a fraction of a price. You can actually take someone who has more experience and pay them part-time to allow you to grow to the point where you're actually hiring someone internal and creating a team. So ideally, you know, anyone who doesn't have a full marketing department or their marketing department has blind spots, it's my job to help grab their hand and help them see the light the best I can. Yeah. And that's obviously a huge impact for a lot of organizations, especially the smaller ones to that capacity. And yeah. it sounds like there was a transition in there during that COVID timeframe. Was there a resource that you used? Was it a book, a podcast, something that you really found that you clung to that helped you develop these concepts, these ideas, and then build a business out of that? Interesting. So I'll be quite honest with you, man. So I was a sales executive in the corporate world and we offered online marketing services. So when I was furloughed from work, I didn't know where I was going. I started applying for jobs everywhere. I got on LinkedIn for the first time in 10 years, started to rewrite my profile. And I was in that weird stage where I was hiking and I was meditating and I was spending time doing self-discovery and I was filling up one cup, but at the moment the cup filled, it would knock over and spill because I was drinking myself to death. So imagine that you're furloughed for the first time ever. You go from working 70 hours a week, a lot of your life to working zero hours a week. You do self-discovery, but as you're doing self-discovery, you're wrecking yourself. So I didn't have a map. I didn't, there was no guidelines to how to handle a COVID pandemic and I wasn't getting hired for jobs. So I started a business exactly like the one I used to sell for because I already understood everything about it. And we didn't touch on this, but in 2016, I had started a music podcast. It was a local music podcast. So I understood the value of music, not music, of podcast and connection and local advocacy. Then I'm like, okay, I understand marketing. 
I understand podcasting. All my clients are in Texas, California, New York City, all across the United States. So I don't have any local connections. I have a not compete, but all my clients are out of my local region anyways. So I don't think this is against the not compete. To be honest, man, I did the first thing in front of my nose and started a business that's going to compete against the employer that fired me. And I'm doing just that. And are they making more revenue and more money than me? Yeah. But am I making as many sales as I used to? No. But all that money goes in my pocket. And I love the autonomy to do it for myself, man. It's amazing to be able to control my schedule and control how much I make and who I help. And more than anything, who I work with. Because I won't work with assholes. And I had to work with a lot of assholes. Nowadays, I get to live by design, man. And I love it. Yeah, that's a huge benefit that a lot of people don't understand about entrepreneurship. It can definitely be a struggle at times, but it is also one of those, the freedom that's presented is when you take advantage of it, it's phenomenal. And I think a lot of people don't understand that like third order effect of what we do in that business ownership world. It's just a different set of stresses, right? And when you talk about designing your life, living that life that you're designing overall, how, what's your outlet? What's your balance attached to the hustle and the grind? Dude, it's balance is like a word that I don't understand these days. I see it as more of a blend and I also see it as a learning experience. So I work more hours today than I've ever worked in my entire life, but I get to do it for myself and I get to control what I do during those hours. So am I putting in more work, more resilience, more grit, more effort? Yes, but I get to do it for people I'm passionate about in an industry I'm passionate about. And I get to have the podcast, which I didn't have when I was in the corporate world. So is there balance? I don't know. I'll give you an example. This uh, The week we're recording this today, I'm about to go on vacation, go on a camp out and completely detach. I didn't have to ask anybody permission to do that. So when I'm working, there is no balance, man. I work as hard as anybody. But when I'm traveling, I turn that shit off and I don't have to ask permission to do it. So it's a learning curve, man. If you have any advice, I'll take it. But dude, I don't know how to balance it, man. I just do uh, the best thing that I can think of and try to take care of the people I love. Yeah, honestly, man, you hit on it. Like I know a big piece of my journey was really focusing on mindset resets, taking that time, right? You have to, because I'm camping trip is a big thing. I have a tent that goes on the back of my Tacoma and I take my pup up to the mm. woods and like, it's just us and you can disconnect and having that, like to me, that's the balance, right? Is yeah, we grind and we grind hard over the business aspect of things, but as I learned like that, that balance has to happen. Otherwise you end up back in a bottle, right? You start driving yourself nuts, driving yourself crazy. And you start questioning everything you're doing, but maintaining that motivation is a really hard thing for a lot of people. Where do you draw that from? Is it the satisfaction of helping clients or where do you see that like gratification, that appreciation for this grind that you're in? Dude, I'm obsessed with learning. I hope, I imagine a lot of your listeners are the same way. That's why they made a conscious decision to listen to this podcast, to engage right now. And we thank you. We love you. If you're not leaving reviews, Go do it, man. I almost said shame on you. I don't want to shame you, but leave reviews because what Zach's doing here is a massive benefit in this world. And I love learning from people like Zach and I love leveling up. So that really is my drive to know that if I'm a 99 out of 100 and I can be a 99.01 after this conversation, 
that 0.01 is worth it to me. And I'm just obsessed with the growth potential, dude. If I were to look back two years when I started my business, and honestly, I was drinking more than I ever had in my life. I was freaking like peeing on the bed and doing stupid shit well more frequently than everyone. It's terrible and it's embarrassing. If I look at the amount of growth in the two years, it would have previously taken me 10. So at this momentum, where can I be in 10 years? Dude, it's unbelievable. And the listener can be there too. Just having that growth mindset and having that grit, dude, it goes such a long way. It does. I mean, I think we all have those aspects of our journey that we're not proud of, right? I mean, we all have those moments where we've done the foolish thing or gone too far in one direction and we know that we have to climb out of it. And I think that's like the realization, right? Having that awareness to climb out of it, which obviously you've done a very good job of. And understanding that grace. I think that's like a big word that a lot of people don't understand is like grace is a big aspect of not necessarily even forgiveness, but having grace with yourself to go one way or the other and understand, I don't know about you, but this is a big thing for me. There are some days, man, during the week, I don't do anything, (laughs) right? You just don't have that drive one day. Like you wake up extra tired or you didn't get to sleep or do you ever see those ebbs and flows where you're just like, ah, F it today and kind of check out for the day? Dude, there's people out there like Andy Frisella, David Goggins. They will shame you for that. And these guys, dude, they are go-getters. They're achievers. I don't want to diminish anything. They are effing incredible. That's not me. Maybe that's a limiting belief. I'm like you. I like to take a day off. I like to give myself permission to be human. I don't need to be the top 0.0001%. I'd rather love my life, love my family and be happy than be worried about, oh, you should have done this or you should have done that or you're lazy. Bro, sometimes I take two days off and don't do shit and I'm A-OK with that. Yeah, it's interesting. I recently had a conversation and then posted all over social media about David Goggins and coming from that military world and being attached to what I was doing in the army compared to what he does. I mean, we're both very high level in our individual branches and a lot of people don't recognize, like they fall into that mindset of, oh, David Goggins is a badass. That dude's impressive with a lot of what he does. But a lot of people don't understand the toxicity of the mindset he has. Just man up mindset is a terrible way to go about things because you end up punishing yourself in capacity that you know you shouldn't be punishing. There, there's no grace attached to it, right? And his whole mindset attached to that, honestly, I don't think is a healthy mindset. Like I'll straight up say it about David. Like he's a beast, but like not the way I want to live my life. And the reality of it and, and turning it back even to marketing a little bit. I think having that realization of separation, looking at the Gary V's of the marketing world, post 12 times a day, get all this content out there. The reality of the situation for most entrepreneurs, I don't know about you, I don't post 12 times a day. Like I don't have the time. I don't have the no. capability. How do you discern, especially in that marketing world, you, what's good advice, what's bad advice, what should we be doing, what should we not be doing? Is it feasible for us to maintain all of this or an individual to maintain all of this? How do you discern all that information we're being fed? Yeah. I mean, I first ask myself, what do you want? Determine what do you want? Then you ask yourself, is that really what you want? Answer that question and ask the question again. And at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people flexing with their Lambos and their jets and their cute girls. And they rented that Lambo. They rented that jet. They paid that girl. They rented the jacuzzi they're in. There's a lot of people flexing. And I think, do I want to be that person? What do I want? And for me, like, 
dude, I want to live, I'd rather have a Tim Ferriss life where, no, everyone knows Tim Ferriss doesn't work a four-hour work week, but he outsources a lot. He lives on his terms. He gets to do what he loves. He gets to live life by design. That's what I'm more in line with. I'd rather have a life by design life than a life by capitalism life. And I love money, but that's not my number one driver. So if you continue to ask yourself, what do you want? What do you want? You get to the core, you get to the core of my story. When I felt small, all I wanted was to feel seen, heard, and understood. All I wanted was to be connected. All I wanted was to be a part of something. And I liked having fun and I loved growing and getting better. So I get to grow, get better, connect others, build tribes. Dude, I get to do what I love and I get to grow myself while helping others. That's all that matters to me. So as long as I live in that alignment, I have it written on my wall behind this green screen here. Don't do it if it's not in alignment. I don't care what Zach has or what any listener has. I make decisions that are in alignment with growth, community, connection, and fun. And if it doesn't fall into one of those categories, man, don't give a shit. Don't care. That's a huge piece of it. And having that ability to separate yourself from all of that is a gift on of its own, especially in today's society where you see the Lambos and all the Insta wonderful that's so fake. And it's like, it's hard to discern that reality attached to it. And you mentioned being in that alignment and you mentioned all the hard work you're putting out there, everything you're grinding and putting out there. What's the legacy you're wanting to leave on the world with all the amazing things you're doing? I don't know. You know, I wish I had a good answer to that question. My The answer that comes to mind right off the bat is I actually don't care. And I know that's not a nice answer, but I know that if I help someone today, if I can help one person today and actually genuinely help and support them and do that the next day and do that the next day and do that the next day, we will create a ripple because those people will continue to create that help, that cycle. We will create a ripple that will help a million lives. We will move the needle on a million careers, one conversation at a time. But even if I don't, that's fine too. As long as I can live today in alignment with what we talked about, with gratitude, with action, that is all I care. And the beauty about podcasting is the legacy will create itself. So my grandchildren can listen to this episode. Maybe we put this in a timeshare. Dude, maybe we actually, the AI gets to a point that they can recreate Ben and Zach and we can have this conversation in the cosmos 5,000 years from now. Who knows? But as long as I kill today, I am very confident that I'll reach the legacy no matter where we go. I love the effort you're putting into it, brother. And if somebody wants to follow this journey, reach out, connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you, see the content, see the podcast? Give us all the links. Yeah. So the easiest place to go is balbertmarketing.com. So B as in Ben, Albert as in Albert Einstein, higher IQ. So balbertmarketing.com slash all links, A-L-L-I-N-K-S. You can go to balbertmarketing.com and just click on the all links tab if it's easier. But all links is where you'll see podcast, marketing services, one man marketing armity, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's all there. So balbertmarketing.com, click on all links, boom, wherever you hang out, I'd love to meet you. 
Awesome. I definitely encourage everybody to check out Ben, see everything he's doing over there. See how y'all can collaborate a little bit. Obviously, that's a big piece of what Ben's working on and reach out and connect. And of course, come back this Friday. We're going to chop up a little bit more about some action steps attached to marketing for Tactical Friday. And until then, Ben, I appreciate your time, my friend. Looking forward to Friday, brother. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.